This is Health Dose, a conversational podcast that talks about your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell, and today on Health Dose, we're talking with Judy DeCorti from the Mid-Michigan Health Spine and Pain Program in Midland. We're going to sort out which treatment is best for your pain. Health Dose asked Judy, should someone go to the emergency room, for instance, when they have back pain? That's a great question. And back pain is really subjective. So everybody experiences back pain differently. What I normally tell my patients is if you have tried all of the things that are conservative to help with your pain, you know, you've tried Tylenol, you've tried Motrin, you've used heat, you've used ice, and it's not getting any better and you're miserable and it's affecting your quality of life and you can't get into your family doctor, then I guess I would go to the emergency room. The thing that people have to understand about the emergency room is that the emergency room is there to treat the emergency, which means the pain. They're not necessarily going to order an MRI. You're not necessarily going to see a neurosurgeon unless you have some of those, what we call red flag signs. So you can't go to the ER expecting that you're going to leave there with an answer or a cure. You're probably going to leave there feeling better, hopefully but possibly just getting a referral to your family doctor. You talk a lot about chronic versus acute pain. What are the differences between the two and how does that affect how I might decide to seek treatment? So acute pain is something that normally you have a known injury for. You're in a car accident, you fall on the ice, you fall down the stairs, you lift something at work and you hurt your back. That is usually acute pain. So there's some precipitating event that leads to you having pain. And usually acute pain will either be treated and resolved or it will turn into chronic pain. So chronic pain by definition is pain that lasts longer than say three to six months. And usually you've been on conservative measures like Tylenol and Aleve and maybe done physical therapy and that pain hasn't resolved. So an emergency room is more appropriate when you have acute pain associated with an injury or some kind of event. Absolutely. Not so much for chronic pain. There are times when chronic pain can flare up and it becomes more acute. I mean, you can have an acute on chronic injury, meaning that you have a chronic pain injury and you lift something and you flare that up and it becomes more acute pain or you fall or you get in a car accident, the same kind of thing. So you can have chronic on acute or acute on chronic. But yes, typically chronic pain is more managed by your family doctor or pain management or something like that. What are some conditions that are related to back pain that would suggest I need to go to the emergency room? So there definitely are things that are we consider like surgical emergencies. So if you suddenly have episodes of loss of control of your bowel or bladder, So let me elaborate on that a little bit, because that doesn't mean that when you cough or sneeze and you, you know, when you get to be a a woman of a certain age, sometimes you have that issue where you cough or sneeze and you'll leak a little bit of urine. That's not the kind of issues I'm talking about. I'm talking about where we're sitting here having this conversation and all of a sudden you urinate or defecate and you didn't even know you had to go to the bathroom. That can be considered a surgical emergency. So we normally recommend that patients when they have symptoms like those, that they go to the ER. The other thing that's considered a surgical emergency that you'd want to go to the ER for is a sudden paralysis. I like to explain this a little bit too, because what I don't mean is that you're paralyzed with pain, meaning it hurts to move it. So you don't want to move it. What I mean is that you physically can't move it. 
you can't pick up your toes or you're walking and you're tripping and dragging your toes. Those kind of things are what I call red flag signs, meaning when you have those, you definitely need to go to the hospital because you may have a problem going on that warrants emergency surgery. Your symptoms of all those things are going to be similar. I mean, like you're not going to know you have a spinal tumor until you suddenly develop a symptom. So those symptoms might be paralysis. It might be severe pain that's unrelenting and uncontrolled with the simple things that we talked about, the Tylenol, the Motrin, the heat, the ice, the rest, those kind of things. So if it persists past normal, for example, if you slip and fall, you know, you're going to hurt. Like you slip and fall on the ice. Okay. So we're coming into March. We have one of those crazy weather days where all of a sudden we've got ice. We're not used to that again. Cause we've kind of had some nicer days and you slip and fall on the ice. It's going to hurt. You're going to have a sore booty or whatever. It's going to hurt. If that persists past normal healing or the pain is worse than what you would expect. I mean, I would expect that you'd be sore and stiff. I wouldn't expect that you couldn't get out of bed necessarily. So if you have pain that's worse than the expected, then that's when you would go to the ER with something like that. Like spinal tumor, I don't think that's going to be as cut and dried as a fall or an injury. That might be progressively you start getting weaker and weaker. Progressively, you lose control of your bowel or bladder, depending on where the tumor is and how it's affecting you depending on what the tumor is. I mean, sometimes people develop an abscess in their spine and they literally wake up one day and are paralyzed because suddenly they have this massive infection. I've seen that happen in the past. So those are going to be either very, very subtle signs or very, very dramatic signs. And the thing to keep in mind is if it's chronic ongoing pain, you need to maybe see a pain specialist, not an emergency room doctor. Correct. What are some of the warning signs that prompt a person to seek care? Um, are we talking about emergency care or just care in general? Care in general. For patients that come to me, typically they will have unrelenting pain that doesn't get better with standard treatment. They might have tried physical therapy. Hopefully they've had x-rays or MRIs that show there's a problem. But pain can present in many different forms. I mean, you can have pain caused by arthritis, which can be very, very painful, very, very difficult to treat. There are different injections that can be done for that that can really help with pain, along with using Tylenol or ibuprofen or some sort of anti-inflammatory. You can have discs that are herniated that can cause, you know, leg pain or arm pain, sometimes down both arms, sometimes down just one arm. Those are very well treated with like an epidural injection. So that's when they would come to see us so we could set them up for an epidural. And then there's all kinds of unusual pains that patients present that their pain pattern doesn't exactly match what you would anticipate. So then you just really have to sit down and talk to them. Most of the time when it's what we call a neuropathic pain or a nerve pain, it's more electrical or burning or it's shooting down an arm or a leg. That's typically how people describe it. If it's like a deep aching type pain, that's often like a bone pain or an arthritis type pain. So it just really depends on what the problem is, how they present with their pain. You said pain is subjective. As a person who deals with pain daily with your clients, how do you figure that out in regard to the fact that some people can handle more pain than others? How do you, how do you know how much pain a patient's in? That's a really great question, but it's a really hard question to answer. And I think the bottom line is you have to listen to your patients. 
You have to sit down with them. You have to talk to them. You have to hear what they're saying to you. And then you have to put that in perspective because you're right. Everybody deals with pain differently. I mean, I've had little old 80 year old ladies that have severe spinal stenosis that you would think couldn't walk and couldn't move and they're up making cookies every day. And then I might have somebody else who has a little bit of arthritis or a little bit of problem and has severe pain. So everybody presents differently. So you just have to listen to them. You have to put it in perspective and you just really have to value patients and respect how they describe it and how they feel. And you just have to listen and respect them. Is it sort of gauging how much it limits their functionality? Is that kind of where you go with that? Absolutely. Quality of life and function are one of my biggest questions to patients. How does this affect your function? How does this affect your quality of life? Some people are going to tell you that it affects their quality of life greatly and they can't do anything. And then you also have patients who are more motivated, who don't let it stop them, who try to walk and move and push through the pain. And so definitely you have to ask that question. You have to get really literal. How far can you walk? How long can you stand? Can you go to your kid's basketball game and watch him play basketball? Can you sit on the bleachers that long? So you have to listen again and put into perspective how they're describing their pain. Tell me about the spine and pain program's role in teaming up with emergency room physicians or primary care providers to get relief for for your clients. So we definitely work in conjunction with both places and we do get direct referrals from like the ER. So if, if you presented to the ER and let's say that you lifted something and you hurt your back and you're having pain in your low back and it's going down your leg, you're going to go to the ER and they're going to say they might get a CAT scan, they might get an x-ray. They might get an MRI, but most of the time, that's not something that's done immediately. So the ER is going to treat your pain right then. They're going to give you pain medications. They might give you muscle relaxers. They might even give you an oral steroid to try to shrink the nerves, shrink the swelling to help you feel better. And then they're going to say, you know what? The next step is either they'll send you to your family doctor who will send you to us, or sometimes they'll send you right to us then we'll see you and evaluate what's going on, depending on how long you've had your pain, what you've done for it. You know, unfortunately, insurance dictates everything we can do. And so often we have to follow an algorithm for what we can do for you. They want you to try ibuprofen, Tylenol, heat, ice, physical therapy. Then they might let us get an MRI if the ER didn't get one. And then they might let us do injections. So depending on where you're at in that algorithm determines what we can do for you at that point. A lot of times it literally is ordering physical therapy. And a lot of times therapy will help. 90% of the time we can treat this pain without you ever having to have a surgery or any further intervention. It's just those things that are refractory to those conservative therapies that you have to get more aggressive. With some kinds of pain, exercise and keeping the joints moving is part of the treatment for it. But other times when you have pain, rest is required. How do you know which of those two things to do? I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's a combination of both. Because I think as humans, what we do is we push too far and we don't let our body, you know, like if you start an exercise program, for example, we go gung-ho, we don't pace ourselves. And so too much rest can be just as bad as too much exercise. You don't want to not use your muscles, not use your joints, because when you do that, you end up damaging those muscles. They end up atrophying. And and that doesn't necessarily have to take a long period of time. You lose muscle a lot faster than you gain it. So it's a fine line and a balance. So when I say rest, I don't mean complete bed rest 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean that you don't do the things that aggravate it necessarily, but that doesn't mean that you don't get up and walk and move every day. 
Do I need a referral to participate in the spine and pain program? Not necessarily. We definitely take self-referrals. We do prefer that you have been to see your family doctor or a primary care physician, whatever that may be, because we like there to be someone who is overseeing all of your health care because pain is not a single entity and it can be in conjunction with other problems. So you do need a primary care physician who's kind of facilitating all that. There's definitely steps that need to be taken sometimes before you get to a pain clinic. And so we certainly can do those things. We can certainly recommend conservative therapy. We certainly can recommend physical therapy. We can order testing. But if you have that when you get to us, that just puts us a step ahead. So yes, we'll take self-referrals, but it's always nice to have a primary care involved. How successful is the spine and pain program to returning people to more function? Is there hope for people with chronic pain? Absolutely. Just like everything else in our lives, a patient has to be motivated to get better. You have to be motivated to do the steps that it takes to improve. And you also have to be realistic in your expectations. I mean, I don't have a magic wand or crystal ball that's going to predict how you're going to do with certain treatments. But if you're motivated, if you're active in your health and improving things like If you're overweight and you work on an exercise program, if you're a smoker, you quit smoking. I mean, there are definitely things that the patient has to do to improve their health so that we can all work together. Pain management, pain injections, physical therapy doesn't work for everybody. And there is a definite patient-driven focus here also. The more motivated you are, the better you're going to do and the better quality of life that you're going to have. If you aren't motivated to do the physical therapy, to walk and move like you need to, to maybe lose weight or quit smoking like you need to, you're probably not going to do as well as someone who is more motivated. You know, I've been doing this a long time and and I've seen that over the years that definitely the motivated patients do better. Judy DeCorti is with MidMichigan Health Spine and Pain Program on Wackerly in Midland. As always, if you have health concerns, the best place to start is your primary care provider. If you need help finding a primary care provider, go to midmichigan.org doctors. And for more information on the MidMichigan Health Spine and Pain Program, go to midmichigan.org spine and pain. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Thank you so much for listening. Check back again soon for another episode of Health Dose.